first-time guest here, and what we say it this way, we're a church. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. We're also a project. Like, we, we don't have this figured out. Like, we're trying to figure out how to be a Christian today and tomorrow and the next day if those days exist. And so if you've got it all together, tell me the secret, because I don't. Welcome to Church Project. We're glad you're here. Um, we typically go through a book, an entire book. We go verse by verse. It's called Expository Teaching. We took two and a half years to go through the book of Acts. We just finished that. And now we've kind of taken a pause from that, and we're going through the parables of Jesus. I mean, this is, this is the State of Union address. Like, this is Jesus talking to the church, and he's saying, here is my advice to the church, and here is my instructions. And so as we're looking through the parables, I want to remind us of a couple things. Today, we're looking at the parable of the wheat and the weeds, and that's found in Matthew chapter uh, 13, verses 24 through 30. That's the first section. But I want to remind us of a few things as we're looking at the parables, okay? Parables were Jesus's preferred way to teach. A third of his teaching in Scripture is by him telling these parables and stories. They're pretty effective, and he teaches this, okay? As we read these parables, it's important to remember a few things, When Jesus was teaching, what he was originally teaching to the people that were listening and that original tent should be our desire. It somehow through time and space, from when he spoke them to now, it doesn't change meaning. The meaning is still true. And so we're not searching for a new meaning in this parable. We're searching for the original meaning. Like, Jesus, what did you mean in this? And how can we change our lives to align under that? Which is the last thing I want to remind us. That in this room, because we are a Christian, because you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you, guiding you, teaching you, instructing you, maybe rebuking you. (laughs) And when, this morning, God shows you something about who he is and who you are, if you find yourself just not living to what God is saying, my prayer is that we would say, God, I want to be under your lordship. I want to align my life to who you are and, and who I am supposed to be. And so that's on all of us, that when the Spirit is prompting us, may we be bold enough to admit it and go, God, I align my life to you. You are my Lord. There is nothing greater than you. So that's my prayer for my heart as I'm speaking today, and that's my prayer for all of us, that that would be our aim. What do you say? Is this good stuff? So I want to pray this over us, and it's Psalms 25, verse 4 and 5. Jesus, help me, help us to submit to your kingdom authority in every area of my life. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And all God's people said, amen. All right, let's look at these parables. A parable, and you'll see why I put a plural on the end of that. It's going to start in, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 is where we're going to start. And Jesus is, is speaking, and here's what he says. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? 
Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell you, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And there is the parable. Clear? We got it? We understand it? Just about as clear as the disciples and apostles got during that time. And you'll see a few verses down, Jesus gives us the cliff note versions. This is why I said parables. Because Jesus explains this one. So let's go down a few verses to verse 36 of Matthew 13. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of, it, of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Amen. Clear? Do you understand it? So, this actually, I want to give us some context, okay? Just so we can know this parable. Jesus is teaching the Pharisees about the coming kingdom. We know that. We can look back. He's been teaching Pharisees multiple parables coming up to this about the coming kingdom. He uses seeds and soil and weeds as allegories, which he goes on to explain in the, in the passage we just read. The weeds, fun fact, a lot of scholars say these weeds are Zizania or Darnell. That's what they're literally named because they look like wheat. But when they're harvested and they're, putting into, they're, put, it in, they're put into flour, it can, it can spoil the flour. So they look like wheat, but they're just weeds with a bad fungus, right? One, this is one of only three parables that Jesus gives a detailed interpretation as to what the parable means. One of three. The problem is, how many of you are super clear as to what this means? Jesus gives this explanation as to what the parable means. And a lot of bright men and women that are theologians have come before us and they go, what? Like, what does this mean? And it's almost like this explanation of Jesus made it even more profound. Like, wow, like, I don't quite understand. This is one of the most complex parables of all the parables, and it's one of three that Jesus goes to explain. Here's some different options and opinions on this parable. I think we're all bright men and women, I know as a Christ follower, we have the Holy Spirit, 
And I'm going to really count on you just like you're counting on me to lean on the Holy Spirit and decipher what God is showing us and teaching us. So I'm going to give us a couple options that a lot of bright people have said going before us. You determine what it is, okay? Here's the options. As Jesus is addressing the crowd, one of the, the main options that people think this means is he's addressing the church, which is consisting of good and evil people. Which means it's dealing with the heretics within the body, the wheat and the weeds amongst church project. It could mean that. Another option is, is that he addresses, Jesus is addressing the conflict of good and evil within each and every one of us, like individually within each and every one of us. There's two more options, okay? This is why house church is so good, because you get to open scripture and be like, I don't know, man. I, hey, here you go. I don't know, man. You want to talk about it? Here's the other two options. And they're so wide. Like, okay, the third option, and this, this comes, the next two come from Klein Snodgrass, a great theologian, and he's detailed about parables. You could read all day about parables. But here's the two options that he's written about. He says this parable um, warns his Christian readers against separation from Judaism. Wow. How many of you can follow that path? A little bit, okay. Let's go to the last option here. Jesus' explanation of why the kingdom he proclaims does not fit Jewish expectations of immediate glory. These are super profound options, and I've thought about them a lot this week, and I'm still complexed as to what this parable means. I think it would be really good during house church to be talking about this parable and what it means. Here's what my limited mind and what the Holy Spirit's been showing me on this, okay? What are the constants in this? And, and we've done a really good job over the last couple parables saying, what are the constants here, the things that just simply do not change? One is true, and I think it's very true that, that we can say in our life today, Satan wants to derail what God has determined. Amen? Like Satan wants to derail what God has determined, and I put two Ds there because they're easy for us to remember, and that's what all pastors are supposed to do, like, Listen, God has something determined for your life and for my life, for his church, for Jewish people, for Gentile people. Like, God has something determined for us. Amen. The constant is Satan hates that and he wants to derail it. I don't care what option and what you think this parable means because the fact is this. Jesus is determined to do something amazing in us He's determined to do something amazing in us, the church, the ecclesia, and he's determined to do something amazing in the world at large, and there's an enemy called Satan that wants to derail what God is doing, but here's the newsflash. He can't. He won't. He won't stop what God is doing. Amen? That's a constant. And here's the other constant I, that I kept just getting, and I think God's really been showing this, is God is growing his kingdom. Done. I can get up here today and say some of the most stupid things you've ever heard and be completely heretical and off base with my theology 100%. And you know what? I might get fired. 
<laughs> Hopefully I get challenged by some of you. But the reality is Church Project will still meet next week. Our house churches will still continue to go, even if I derail. I can't stop this. You can't stop this. God is moving and growing his kingdom. He's been doing it for over 2,000 years, and nothing can stop what God's doing. That is amazing. As a Christ follower, as a brother and sister, you are part of something that cannot be stopped, and your heritage is the deepest heritage among the earth. Whew. Our God loves us that much. Amen. Here's, here's the constants that, that's even in this parable. And so let's go and let's look at it a little bit, okay? The kingdom, if, if you'll look at that. The kingdom it talks about in verse 13 right there. The kingdom exists, that's true. Also, so do good and evil. Good and evil both exist. And you'll see, if you look down just a little bit in this parable, in verse, in verse 30, it says, let both grow together. The, the workers come and say, Jesus, what do we do? Or farmer, what do we do with the wheat and the weeds that are growing together? And Jesus says this, let both grow together. And you know what this is? This is nothing more than the gospel message. This is the gospel message of how Jesus in our life and in the world moves and what he's about. And we can see the character of Jesus in that answer. Let both grow together. This is a message that has rattled the world and continues to rattle the world. This freeing message of Jesus replying and saying, let both grow together. Imagine... If Jesus or the farmer in this parable, the, the workers came and said, there's wheat and there's weeds. I thought you planted good, 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 uh, good, what's that called? Seed. Thank you. As we looked at earlier, which we know the farmer is good. He's planted good, good seed already. We've seen that already. So they come and they, they challenge his character. I thought you were good and I thought you were planting good seed. And Jesus is like, it's good. The kingdom is good. Well, should we cut out the bad? And he goes, let them both grow together. Imagine if Jesus said, should you cut out the bad? And Jesus replied, oh yeah, cut the unholy out. You literally go into the field and you rip it out. Like rip it from its root, destroy it, kill it, annihilate it. Imagine if that was our charge as the church. Today. And I think we can look around and we can see churches like, what, what's the one in Kansas where it's like they go and picket all sorts of craziness? I don't even, I don't even know what that is. We can see places. What was it? Westboro. Westboro Baptist. Yeah, I'm like, that ain't no church. Imagine if we acted like that. Like it was our job to cut out the holiness, the unholiness, sorry. Well, newsflash, none of us would be here First thing you'd do is you would show up and go, Aaron, you're not holy enough. You're out. You're like, I knew it. I've been telling you all along. And then I'd hold up a mirror and you'd be like, shoot, I'm gone too. Be like, yeah. Imagine if that was our charge. This would be an ugly, ugly world, wouldn't it? The farmers or the, the servants go and they're like, Jesus, you want us to rip out the disgusting stuff in the field? And God's like, that's my job. Let them grow together. This is the gospel message, man. Thank God 
that God has let my weed, Aaron Havens, grow up in a wheat field. Thank God that he's rescued me and he's changed me from my root. I think God has taken me and turned me from a weed into wheat. Thank God I wasn't plucked out because I wasn't holy enough. Amen. On the back of our cards that are in the back, those cute little business cards that we can hand out to people, by the way. That's the only advertisement we do. It says this, we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. Why? Because oftentimes a lot of people have been hurt by the church and by Christians. This might be where it comes from. Us feeling like it's our job to work the unholiness out of you. Shame you, judge you, provide guilt to you, and use scripture to do it and bash you. Listen, let's let God be God. And let's do what he's called us to do. Amen? Thank God he didn't say, no, go cut out the unholy because they're gross and they don't deserve to be here. What action is needed from us then as Christ followers? Even when action is asked about, when they say, God, what do you want us to do? You want us to go do this? Look, he, he, was, he told them, no, don't do this. Don't go rip up the wheat. I'm going to do that. What action is required of them? If you'll look, he says this um, in, in his explanation. Okay, so go down to verse 41. The Son of Man will send, what does your Bible say? His his angels. They go and they say, God, do you want us to rip this up? He goes, no. The Son of Man will send his angels. And then he goes on and he says, they will. And then there's 40, 42, he says, they will. What, who is doing the action here? They. God. He is moving. He is doing the action is, his angels, they will, they will. And the jacked up thing is, is look at the last verse of this. It says, then, after who's done all the work, God, it says, then the righteous will shine. Does that seem super unfair? I mean, unless you're a millennial and you just want things given to you. Oh, that was a jab, dude. <laughs> that was a super jab. Uh, uh, I'm offended. You, hey, jab me. I'm an ex. I'm actually found out this week. I'm like almost millennial. Do you know? It, let's. I derail. It sounds super unfair because, regardless of age and what title we want to put on it, okay. This sounds like a super Christmas gift to me. Hey, sit around, guys. Yeah, you notice the wheat in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want you to do anything about it. I want you to relax. Because I'm going to send my angel. I'm going to do these incredible things. That I'm going to do all this work. And then, what? Then the righteous will shine. What have I done? What have you done? Whether this parable is addressing the struggles of good and evil in us or the good and evil in people within the church, we are to get back to the absolute basic fundamentals of what it means to be a Christian and the greatest commandment, love God and love others. Can you feel that freedom again this week of this gospel message? Love God 
and love others. And so if you're me, I'm sitting with this parable. And if you're the people that Jesus was teaching, you're sitting with this parable and you're going, so let me get this right. <laughs> let me just explain what I'm hearing because I'm having a problem here. It's not computing. Let me get this right. The kingdom exists. That's a reality. So do good and evil. That's a reality. Am I hearing you right, Jesus? He's like, yeah, that's right, okay. God, you want me to relax, chill, be, be, while you do all the dirty work? And then you'll come and cause me to shine? Is that what you're saying, God? And he goes, And if we look at the parable last week, and go back and listen to the podcast if you haven't, and we look at the mustard seed, which is right after this, and we look at this one right here, the overarching message that Jesus is giving us is this exact message. We get to love God and love others. We get to be the vessel that this good news message is going and taking to our works, the places we work, our colleges, our families, Wherever we go, we get to be the vessel that God is sending and using this good news message to let our lives show and teach and preach because of who we are. But don't make a mistake about it. It's Jesus and it's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of this message. Jesus and the Holy Spirit is doing all the week work. He's going to go through and he's going to say, wheat and weeds, I'll do the work. I'll clean it up. I will turn Aaron Havens from a wheat, a weed into a wheat. I will move and I have the power to do this. Christians, you get to love God and love others. And as I send you to the places and I give you a calling in your life, you go with gusto. You go and preach this message and you go change the world, but do it all because you know who I am and you know that I am the power. Do not point others to ourselves, church. Continually point others to who God is. Share your story as authentic as it can be because this boils down to nothing more than a relationship with God Almighty. Notice I didn't say that this boils down to being a servant of God. It comes down to a relationship. And when you are in relationship with God, it gives you great joy to serve him. And by the way, you don't carry the weight of the responsibility you just walk in the greatness of who God is, and the results are up to him. Dang, this is good. Oh, sorry, that was loud. <laughs> so our relationship to others is James 4.12. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Oof. <laughs> That's our relationship to each other. I gotta trust the Holy Spirit in you. You've gotta trust the Holy Spirit in me. My job is not to look you in the eye and judge you. And our relationship to God is found in Micah 6, 8. And I, I'm using the new, the new Living Translation because it's just smooth. 
O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. (laughs) Was there anything else added to this? Oh, Christians, brothers and sisters, whatever extra baggage you're carrying with this for being a Christian, throw it away. Because how freeing is Micah 6.8? What is he asking and what is he requiring of you? To do what is right. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Imagine if that is how we would be defined as the church. That would be super attractive, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't be us being mirrored, but it would be God being mirrored. This is good. That's the best I could do. It's good, right? I think so. But I think we can do better. I honestly think we can do better. And I think we can do better talking about this passage because it's not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. Like, I know you guys can add things in here that would be blowing my mind, being like, yeah, absolutely. I, I missed it. Like, I guarantee, because we all have the Holy Spirit, same one that's in me, right? And so how do we do that at Church Project? We talk about it every week because it's just simply that important. There's three things that we do at Church Project, and we don't do anything else. Like, we do our Sunday gatherings, which, (laughs) um, worship team, that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Thanks, bro. John, those drums, bro, are crazy. Thank you. And by the way, can you call Michaela and whoever else over here like next week sometime and let them leave? Like, if, did you see what's going on over here with our, little, with our little disciples over there, our little Christian people, our little warriors? Like they're worshiping. I will tell you this, don't look over there. Definitely don't try to mimic the, the motions because if you're like me, you'll start crying. That's beautiful. So we do our Sunday gatherings, which I super love. We do our ministry partnerships, which we're getting better at. Like, we're, we're getting better. Like, if you've ever tied anything to Church Project, we love to send our money out and our relationships out. And we've, we've, we haven't done so well at that the last year. But we're getting focused. Like, we're getting better at it, right? Like, that's our purpose. We want to be really good, partnered with ministry partnerships. And there's so many great ministry partnerships that I wish we could give thousands of dollars to. We're getting better at it, okay? But the third thing that we do, and I think, I think this is probably the most important thing we do is house church. And you've been praying, and we took the month off of July of house churches. We haven't met since then, but now we're starting up again. And so I want to introduce our house church pastors. And here's what I would say to you. Like, it's our job to go to a house church. Why? Because you thought this was powerful? My words, wait till you go and talk about others with this passage in relationship. Like the Holy Spirit will show you some amazing things and that's gonna happen in the dialogue in the relationships of house church. And so I'm gonna um, invite up one at a time. This is so cool. We have six house churches this year. Amazing. I'm gonna invite up the Davidson Church, which I'm being super strategic and we're being strategic. We're not calling them house church. We're calling them church. Because I want to say we are a church of churches. Come on up, Ginger. Come on up. 
we'll let Aubrey come up and represent your husband. No, you don't. We don't have to, girl. Yeah, she did freak. She's going to punch me after that. So the cool thing is, is Jeffrey is downstairs working with our, or not working with, but discipling our little little kiddos down there. And so this is the Davidson House Church, and they meet Monday nights at, from 6 to 8 at their house, which she cooks really, really good food. I meant good salsa. Really good salsa. Um, so this is the, the Davidson group minus Jeffrey, which is downstairs. Um, the Doherty Church, where, where is Ryan? Come on up here. Ryan, um, their group meets on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. You're totally going to throw me off. Monday, Tuesdays. You following? Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm dyslexic, man. That don't work. Monday, Tuesday. You guys figure it out. You figure it out. Monday, Tuesday. I'm about to punch one of you. Okay, Ginger. Okay, this is the Doherty Church. The Davidson, the Doherty Church. Um, the Harris Church. Where, where are, where's Mike and Kim? You guys come on up here. I don't know what that was, but that was awesome, man. So the, the Harris Church meets Wednesdays. Monday, Tuesday, see the theme here? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, the Ashita Church, which we told them you guys stay home because they were sick this week. Jared and Shannon, that, that whole crew, they're like, we can come. We might get everyone sick. We're like, you can't come. You're the only ones today that are disinvited from church. So the, the Ashita's House Church, if you know them, you love them. Who's part of that group? You need to come represent them. You guys come up here. All right, Brad and Krista will represent the Ashita's right now. Whoop. Um, they meet Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. The Perman Church, Jason Perman. You got, you got to get in line over here, man. We got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Where are we at? Okay. Uh, by the way, you probably know Rachel um, is the director of our Project Kids, so she's downstairs as well. Um, and then who else? Oh, the Barron. Barron. How, how do I say this? Barron. I got it right. Okay. They're new, which is incredible. This is Ben and Joel, and they're meeting Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8.30, um, actually at the Perman's house church, or church, for a little bit, because then they're getting sent out, and they're going to be part of a group that meets, I think, down here, downtown. I'm not really sure. We're kind of we're feeling it out. Um, but look at this, man. Yeah. If we, I mean, if we truly believe in the priesthood of the saints, like all of us are saints, and God is using us all to do incredible things, which I want to fist bump this dude, because last week we got to eat wonderful meat, because that's what he provided for us as a saint and a follower of Christ. That's what he could do. Like, this is us, man. Like, this is our, this is our church, and so I want to just encourage all of us, if you're not part of a relationship, and then you're not part of a house church, like, this is it. Like, I think this is the power. These people love God, and they love others, and this is where relationship happens. Guess what? When someone gets sick at Church Project, it's one of these that are going to visit you. My prayer is that if someone dies at Church Project, it's one of these that's going to bury you. Surprise. You already, they already knew that. Barry and Mary, it's going to come here. Like the, These are our churches that meet throughout the week. So here's the deal. If you saw me and this as the church, how powerful is that? Whoop-dee-doo. I mean, it's good looking, but it's not powerful. But if we see this as the church, how do you stop this? 
You don't. This is unstoppable. And so church, I want to encourage all of us, move your schedules, do whatever you got to do. Remove the excuses because Satan wants to pick you off and he'll do it because you're isolated and alone. Let us fight for your marriage with you. Like let us struggle through hard things together with you. We love God and we love others and we want to do it together with everyone. So, I'm gonna ask us right now, let's, let's just, if you would, like let's, let's pray for our house church pastors, okay? Just put your hand out if, if you believe in the power of this and let's just pray. I'm not even gonna lead us, just everyone, just out loud, start praying for whatever God puts on your heart for our house church pastors. church, I charge you to continue to pray. I mean, just when God brings to mind our, our pastors, pray for them. Encourage them, support them throughout the whole year because they're going to need it, okay? God, I pray for our pastors right here that you would do incredible things, that they would love you and they would love others, that it would be an amazing experience as they march forward, not a weight, but a freeing experience to represent you everywhere that they go. We pray for a Holy Spirit movement in all of these churches, that God, you would grow their churches, that we would see powerful things happening at this house church level, God. And together on Sundays when we all gather, that you would double that. We would see even more power happening, God. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. And all of God's people said, amen. Okay. Yeah, please give a round of applause for our house church pastors. Um, what, what I'm going to ask is Ryan's going to close us out, but what I'm going to ask is, is you guys just kind of hang out because some of you today, you probably just need to go like say, hi, I'm so-and-so and I want to come to your house church, your church. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, Ryan, you can close us down and you guys can kind of spread out. If you're not in a house church, make sure you engage with someone in this room because it's just that important. So yeah, Ryan, tear it up, bud. Cool. Thank you. Um, just a couple quick things, Aaron. That was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think um, following Jesus is kind of like golf. And what I mean is, if you've ever, when Aaron was speaking, this thought kind of came to me. The idea of golf is like pretty simple. You take a ball and get it from here into that hole. That seems relatively easy. But if you've ever played golf, you know that it's pretty difficult and it takes a long time to kind of master. And as Aaron was, was talking and he read the verses from uh, Micah that says, do what is right, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. That sounds pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But the reality is, it's an easy concept, but putting it into action is very difficult. And I think that's why we need people around us. That's why we need community. That's why house church is so important, is because we need to surround ourselves that are with people that are coaching us, encouraging us, helping us, and growing us together. 
and you have something to offer in house church. It's not just about the house church pastors leading another church. That's not what house church is. But this is a dialogue that happens where you get an opportunity to ask questions and we get an opportunity to ask questions and we get to grow from each other. And so don't discount house church. And one other thing I'll say about house church that I think is super valuable. Each one of these house churches has a different personality. And each one of them kind of takes on a life of their own. And so if you've gone to one house church and you're like, I don't like it, it's not for me, go to a different one. See, experience the different personalities of the house churches before you discount house church altogether. It may not be what you're looking for in one, but you may find something that you're looking for in another. So um, those are the two things I'd like to say about house church. Uh, The other things is... Uh, We have a school supply drive that we're doing with our friends from downtown, uh, Tower 56, Right Coast Pizza, Blush Boutique, and Weldworks, and the Masons Event Center and Church Project are doing a school supply drive for a school that's just outside of our neighborhood called Billy Martinez, and it's one of the most uh, uh, under-resourced schools uh, in our community, and so they're always looking for school supplies. So on our Facebook page, if you search for Church Project Greeley, um, there's a post there that lists all the things that they need. You can bring it to any one of the businesses that's listed, or I'm putting my house church pastor or house church pastors on notice. You can bring them to house church, and I'll figure out how to get them from them. So um, if you feel called and you're out shopping and you can grab a few extra things, uh, that would really help people in our community, and it helps us show Christ's love to those around us. Let me just end with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. We thank you for uh, the words that were spoken, the songs that were sung. God, we pray especially over our house churches this week. God, we just pray that you would place it on the hearts of people to come, maybe to invite a friend, to move out of their comfort zone, be a little vulnerable, ask questions and share. Help us to grow together as we grow closer and closer to you. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We do have an ending declaration, I think. If you want to just stand with me and read this together before we go. May the God of endurance. Thank you all. Have a great Sunday.